For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The heart throb. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, G double E S T double E L I O. Also, check out the dot com website going by the same name. With that being said, you, you heard the theme music we entered the show with. That's my Chicago Blackhawks NHL Finals Game 4 is tonight. My Blackhawks are down 2-1, to one, but my guest today probably doesn't give two shits that the Blackhawks are down 2-1. to one. We have the lovely and the intelligent Rosalind Ross on, a good friend of me and the show. She's on tonight. Ailing out of Tennessee. How you doing? I'm good, and I care that the Blackhawks are winning just because they're from Chicago and I love Chicago. No, they, they, you see, see, you don't care because they're down 2-1. See, I already called you oh, out. Oh, sorry. Not... <laughs> Did you fool me? I already I called you out. <laughs> no, nah, man, I, I wish they were. And I'm glad that, that I, I care they're down 2-1. <laughs> Yeah, they're down to one. Tonight's game four. It's a big, big night for me. I got a softball game first, then I got to come home, shower, and watch the game comfortably because I can't watch the game. We'll cover it in like dirt, sweat, because I'm a diva to some degree, so I can't do that. You know, but, but I, I won't talk about the Blackhawks today. You, you are from Tennessee, though, right? Yes, yes, I am. I actually have two friends over there. My friends, uh, Jill and Laura, over there, because I think they're having a big country music festival over there now, right? It's always so funny to me how you people who don't live in Tennessee might think Tennessee is just... <laughs> There's like, let's see, one, two, three, four, four, at least four, five big cities, like reasonable cities with dots on the map in Tennessee. You got to give me something more specific, like where are they? Are they in Nashville? I'm pretty, I'm pretty, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're in Nashville. I'm about 98% sure. Oh, okay. Nashville. Oh, Nashville. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, where, that's where I did my uh, undergrad. So they're having a good time there. It's like three hours from Memphis. Yeah, three hours okay. from Memphis. Yeah, because there's some kind of big country music festival. I think I, I saw them taking pictures of Sam Hunt and stuff like that. Like, you know, are, are you into country music? No, country music scene or no? Well, just a little bit. I mean, somebody can sing. I'm a big music person. So if somebody can sing, yeah. then I support that. And, you know, it's cool because we have the show Nashville, which is mm-hmm. in Nashville. So it's nice to have that in Tennessee to get us, you know, get us on the map so people can start designating that there are different places inside of Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I tell people, like, I have nothing against country. It's just that I was never, I never grew up listening to it. 
you know, so I'm not really accustomed. I mean, I'll listen to anything Carrie Underwood sings because one, she's beautiful. So if if you're a pretty girl and you speak, I'll I'll give give you at least five minutes. If you're pretty and you talk, I'll give you at least five minutes. (laughs) You know, so there's Carrie Underwood. And then, and then the guy I actually, actually really liked is Eric Church, because Eric Church kind of gives you that, that cool uncle kind of vibe, you know, telling you yeah, stories, yeah. and you know, he has the cool voice kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm kind of into Eric Church a lot, but the Carrie Underwood is like, you know, I mean, back in the day, I mean, Kenny Rogers kind of looked like my godfather, so I kind of confused the two when I was growing up. You know, that's actually yeah. a same story, because my, <laughs> my godfather had the white <laughs> beard, and I, I, just, I just thought that was Kenny Rogers every time I went to his house. So I thought my godfather was Kenny Rogers. I thought, as a Puerto Rican, and your godfather thinking, and you think your godfather's Kenny Rogers, <laughs> you, you have issues. <laughs> I know. Mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, I was a big fan. I mean, the Judds were good. I mean, you know, I've been a fan for a little while, but I probably mostly got pretty serious about country music when Shania Twain hit the scene. And she, okay. because she had a really, really, really great voice. And mm-hmm. I, I think I said this to you on EJ's podcast, but I performed with her once. I was part of a group. Uh, we actually did. sang with her on the Country Music Awards. And she was so, and did a video with her. I mean, she was so cool. And that was the funny thing is people had a big problem with her because she was, she was such a crossover artist. And now it's like, she was, you know, it's nothing, she, it's nothing for a country artist to go crossover. But I mean, they were like killing her dead because like, oh, how dare she defy all the sanctity mm-hmm. of, of country music. But now, you know, Carrie Underwood, all those guys Everybody's are like doing. big pop stars. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, she sounded like more pop, like a pop country star. And, and, and it really yeah. opened doors. That's all I was going to say. She opened up. I remember when she first out, like, this doesn't even really, it didn't have that country vibe. It was a banjo and acoustic guitar and, you know, and a slap <laughs> drum. Like, it was different, you know. She, she had, like, electric drums in it. She had all this crazy stuff in it when she needed it. Like, I thought it was actually cool she did it. And, and that was funny because now, um, I, I'm not sure if you heard it, but um, actually, I think it's from Tennessee, too. Um, the rapper Yellow Wolf that signed to Eminem. Um, I and, have and, heard of and, Yellow and, Wolf, and, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I was never a fan of his ever. I think his rapping was, like, always kind of like, eh. it was like he tried too hard, in my opinion. But his new album, I listened to it, I reviewed it, I gave it an eight and a half, because it shocked me, but the guy was singing on probably 80% of the album, and it legit was a country western album. And I thought it was awesome, because <laughs> really? the, the, cause, cause, cause the beats were, like, very hip-hop influenced, you know? But he, he's there with acoustic yeah. guitars, on, and he, he was legit singing. And, I was, and he didn't sound that bad. I was like, why did he do this his whole career? You know, instead of doing the, the half-assed rap thing he was doing. Because I really appreciated him. And he was talking about real stuff, you know, like a country artist should. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. Thing. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, well, now i got to listen to this guy's album. Oh, I'm telling you, it'll surprise you. Because, like, I was never a fan of his. I was going to review. You know how the album reviews. And, like, I went into it thinking, I'm going to get this guy a scoop. You know, like this guy's getting a free out of me, probably. <laughs> you know, because I don't like his music, and there's nothing else out that week. I heard it the first one song he had almost, almost got me choked up. You know, because he's talking about like his grandmother who passed away. It really got me choked oh, up when he was singing it. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is. Insane. And then I heard it again, really, just musically. Everything came together beautifully. But of course, being in the world that we're in today, it was too musical. It went over everybody's head. Nobody liked it. Uh, so, you course. know, he got yeah. killed. Yeah, he got killed. He got killed. You know, and it sucked. Well, most people were expecting him to be. Yeah, most people were expecting him to be rapping. And so they weren't going to find the same amount of joy that you felt <laughs> because you hated him as a rapper. So, yeah. They yeah. probably, you know, gave him a hard time about his, his change in mood I, and I, sound. I, 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 never but, I never understood his appeal as a rapper. I thought, oh, he's like, he's rhyming off beat. I always thought he was weird. Like, I was like, what is this? Like, he, he kind of reminded me of a white version of Soap the Shocker. Remember that from No Limit Records back in the day? Silk the Shocker has, like, some of the best albums on No Limit. He has some of the best albums on No they really did. I, let me tell you. I mean, he had that song with Maya, which was like their huge, big pop crossover. When he had that yeah. song with Maya, someone like me. You know? And let me tell you, I, used to, I was the only person in New York. And, and, and my friend Jesus even brings up to this day. He's like, dude, I remember in high school and in college, you were the only one buying those ugly-ass album covers and putting them on every mixtape you were making. And it was the truth. Because Masterpiece somehow marketed them as the most obnoxious album covers. And I, I liked the music, though. It was kind of the same song over and over again, yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was the same they album, I should have told you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, but I enjoyed it. Did you I see I Got it. the Hookup? Did you see any of his movies? Did you see any no? Oh, yeah. I, 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 got the hook I, I saw okay. I Got the okay. Hookup, okay. and I actually went out and bought I'm Doubt It on VHS. And, oh, and I, remember, I, I remember me and my cousin, my little cousin was watching this with me. He's like three years younger than me. I was called little. But at the time, I had to be probably 20. He was 17. We're watching I'm Doubt It. Remember that rapper Mr. Servon? You know, he, of course. he was part of that group. <laughs> <laughs> he actually had my favorite album. Life insurance was my favorite really? album off of No Limit. Yeah, Life Insurance was my favorite album. I think Silver Shocker no had my favorite. I think he had my favorite album. Wait, 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 Charge to the Game album? Charge yeah. to the Game, right? Yeah, that was a good yeah. album, too. It was, but I like Mr. Servon said the F word about every other time, and I just felt like a tough guy every time <laughs> I listened to it. But, like, there was one scene about it when Mr. Servon is beating up one of the other guys, Kane or Abel. He takes out a baseball bat, and he just starts beating him, and you could see that he's hitting a watermelon. Like, it's the way it was coming up. He was just beating the crap out of a watermelon because everything's flying all over the place. Um, my cousin's like, to this day, he's like, he's like, Mr. Zerba beat the hell out of a watermelon. <laughs> I, I can talk about that. Oh, my God. I, I'll tell you, Mia, I thought Mia X was probably the nicest one of the whole crew. I thought she was Man, the best one, lyrically. Man, Mia X was really good. She was really she good. Was like, I really remember good. she had this song that I can't, she used, like, a Stevie Wonder sample in it. Man, it was really good. I can't remember the name of the track right now, but, I mean, she was oh, yeah. really she, good. And then they just, they she died. Was. The whole thing just, <laughs> the whole, and, like, and, the and whole and label just died. Yeah, and they went down, like, like out of nowhere. Yeah. I, yeah. Massive, I think, and let me tell you, C. Murder, actually, C. Murder probably had my second favorite album, the Life or Death album, and C. Murder's in jail forever. You know, from forever. apparently shooting yeah. up a club with yeah. an AK-47 and just in jail right. forever, which is it, mind-boggling because the guy was a multimillionaire for doing pretty much nothing. You know, because right. like, cause all, <laughs> all he did was take Tupac style and just and made a caricature of himself with it. That's all he did exactly. Murder, and I liked it, though. Oh, it was, that's it was pretty hard, good. It was hardcore music. It was hardcore music, though, the way he was doing it. And now he's in jail for the rest of his life while... The rest of his family is just driving around in Bentleys and living real voices. Like, <laughs> right. I don't, like, All of like, it, it makes no sense how much money Master P. I think he's what three hundred or four hundred million dollars deep. He's something like that. Like he he made. And let's let's be honest. He he's a, he's the one who kind of opened the doors for the southern rap world, which kind of took yeah, over for like it. the next fifteen years. Yes, he did it. He that, definitely that opened the else. door. He opened the door with that. I mean, where we, like you said, they all sound alike. It's just like one big, mm-hmm. long song. But that's really how Southern <laughs> Rap was for like a long time. He opened that door. He did that. And so um, my husband always said, he always says that the Atlanta people are responsible for taking it down, like for <laughs> just completely crashing Southern <laughs> Rap. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I mean, Atlanta at least because they had outcast CI and GB. So for me, that they can say they had that. You know, okay, but, that's I mean, it. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's really, really, no, really, right. really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but at least they got three guys that I I mean, four. We got Alcat, two. You know, look, didn't Goody Mom come out of Atlanta? Uh, even if they did, they came out, yeah. Goody Mom's out of Atlanta. Goody Mom's out of Atlanta. And, but, so, and, and, but, 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 but Goody Mom kind of wore out their welcome. Like too much. Like I, I, I didn't really like them too much. Like I like cell therapy. Now, like I couldn't listen to a Goody Mob album. And 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 and, and CeeLo used yeah. to rap. That was a CeeLo was a rapper. Yeah, was really good. I was gonna say. And no one. I mean, if you go up to like a kid now and tell them CeeLo used to rap, they'll probably look at you and say, "What? What are you saying to me? You're speaking Chinese." I saw CeeLo yeah. on a Lionel Richie Richie ticket like two years. <laughs> he came to Memphis really? with Lionel Richie. Yeah, and he he came wow. out in a dress. So I assure you, no yeah, one I don't know what happened under though. the age of I don't know like what happened, though. 25 probably remembers that CeeLo rapped, and he was a good rapper at one point. So that's he, cool. he had a really good but, yeah. song off, off Common's album. Uh, I forgot which one it was. But the song was called G.O.D., um, Gaining One's Definition. Yeah. He sang the hook, yeah. rapped on it. And that, 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 to me, that, that was one of Common's best albums. Yeah, there was... Um, Reminding me of Seth was on it. Uh, a song about abortion was on it with Lauren Hill. Like that was a really great album. Yeah. Album. But like, what was, uh, that but al- remember that what was the name like, of that album? Like, like, like I forgot, man. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. They had that song making a name for it. it had cannabis on it. Like, I can't remember the name of the album though. 
I got my iTunes right here, and whatever. I don't care. It's my podcast. But I want to know funny, what like, common album is. <laughs> back when CeeLo was like a rapper who could sing, I was really impressed with the fact that he could sing. Like, I actually really exactly. like his voice. But now exactly. that he sings all the time, I think it's it, bad. I don't like it as much. Yeah, so I'm having the same, his, his, like, his the same reaction you're having. His Lady Killer having. album wasn't terrible. His Lady Killer album wasn't terrible, but it, no, it, it was his voice not... No, it wasn't. It was actually, I actually appreciate it because it was a throwback kind of R&B album. And the common album we were talking about was One Day It'll All Make Sense. That was the common album we were yeah, talking about. Yeah, One Day It'll All Make yeah. Sense. That, that was a good really album. good album, man. I, I, and it, that was when I used to walk around with a portable CD player. The, the, and, I, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, all my CD cases got cracked because I would throw them in my book bag, like, six CDs at a time, throw them in my book bag. You know, I'll switch out CDs on the train. Like, do you remember those days? Like, I do. Yes, I do. Like, it's insane. Like, I, I don't know what. Like, they, they couldn't advance this for us 15 years later, like, earlier on. <laughs> like, walking around with a CD player seems insane to me right now. <laughs> I know. But the worst thing is, like, when you want to hear something, because you have to carry, there's no way you can carry all of your music, right? So you want to exactly. hear something. And you've got, like, all these little case logic CD holders, like, you got, like, 10 yep. of them on you, and neither one of them has the one CD you're looking for, because it's back at your house. Let me tell you. Which is always the worst let me thing you, It's crazy. It's, you know, it's, first of all, what's crazy is that we have, like, 10 minutes left of this first segment. We have fucked up sports at all, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> but what's crazy is I remember when the first CD burner came out, you know, where you could burn your own CDs and whatever, yeah. and, you know, and... and I, I and it was and it wasn't a computer one because I didn't, I didn't have a computer yet. It was 1997. <laughs> I didn't have a computer yet in my house. <laughs> so like I, I actually went out and I spent I think 450. Don't ask me how I got the money, but I had 450 dollars and I spent it on a CD burner because I wanted to personalize every CD, everything. CD, and yep. then it became, and then it became a blessing in disguise. I mean, it, then it became not a blessing in disguise, more like a curse because everybody you knew just wants you to make them personalized CD. Everybody. Oh, you put this and this and this together. It was like, I, 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 you know, I started telling people. And, 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 if, you're, and if you weren't charging, you, weren't, you never got your money out of it. Like, you like wore this oh, thing no. out, and you should have been charging like 10 bucks a, a burn. Now, let me tell you, like, I was so stupid because I used to, I used to get old on every, I, all my money went to music. And it, it didn't stop until probably about four years ago, right? All my money, though, used to go to music. Like, I had to be the first one with something. And back then is when I DJed on vinyl. So, like, that, so there were spots yeah. in the city that don't even exist anymore that had the white labels. And you, you were able to get, like, underground stuff that, you, you know, you, you wouldn't yeah. get on albums and stuff. And I'll put together mixtapes, but as Queen Latifah called Q and Juice, she just said, you're local. And that's what I was. I was the local DJ. <laughs> so, like, if people wanted it, I kind of just gave them a mixtape for free. I never got money for anything I ever. I think the only person I ever charged was my cousin. I, I charged my cousin 10 bucks to make her a mixtape. So I didn't want to listen to the crash walk want me to do. That's all I, I made 10 bucks my whole DJ career. That's what I made. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. But when I look back at, like, I think I got my first, I got my first, my own personal iPod for, like, a birthday maybe, like, nine or ten years ago. So when I look back at, like, my purchase list, like, the amount of music, the amount of money I spent on, like, the songs that I purchased in the time, in the nine years since I've had an iPod, I mean, it's, there's a, there's a shocking look at your financial history right there. It's insane. It's insane. I mean, so I can't it's imagine insane, if you man. were able to look back at all of the stuff, like a running tally of how long mm-hmm. you were DJing and burning those CDs. You'd probably cry. Like, that probably would be like a new Maserati. It, 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 even just so, like, like a, you're playing an album back then, and sometimes the vinyl, when you put a vinyl album, it would be like $15 for whatever. I remember the right. Tupac All Eyes on Me was four vinyl. So right. It was four vinyls in it. And I was like, and that album came out probably, I, I'm, I'm just making a date. Let's say it came out in March. I was like, I'm, it was like 35 bucks. I was like, I'm not paying for this one first. I, was, I am not paying 35 bucks for this. <laughs> <laughs> it was four vinyls in it. I was like, I'm not. You know, and that, but you're right, though, because now it's like, you know, whatever. I, I don't know anybody who really pays for music anymore. I mean, I'll just be honest. I don't know anybody who really does. You know, and it's like when, when I started downloading music, you know, I started downloading it in like, I can't even, in ridiculous amounts. And probably two yeah, days, exactly. I, had, I, had, I, had, I had 10 years worth of music that I've had and paid money right. for in, like, two or three days. It's ridiculous. Right, because there's all this stuff that you've just been, like, 
I mean, all of a sudden there was all this music, like, right at your fingertips, like songs that you swore you loved back in the day that you could go out and pay 99 cents for. I mean, I think, I think the first song that I downloaded was There She Goes, which you probably have no idea what this is. But it's a song called There She Goes by Babyface, which was by far, like, my favorite Neptune's beat ever made. And I remember, like, when Babyface was on Arsenio Hall talking about the first time he heard the beat, he was like, man, I got to have that. And I'm saying, like, I probably listened to that maybe five times since I downloaded it. But it was so important. It was the first piece of music I paid for when I finally got access to iTunes. And now I never listen to it. But I'm just glad you I want have it. funny? I have, like, a personal beef with Babyface. I no. actually don't like Babyface, and the story is actually ridiculous why I don't like him. <laughs> well, you gotta. It. I have to know the story. I mean, yeah. I remember I used to watch award shows back in the day. Whatever, award shows meant something to you when you're younger, you know. So I watched yeah. every music award show. And my guy back then, and even to this day, because I gotta say he was my first favorite music artist, and Bobby Brown. Like, he, he, like, right. and it's funny because you, you, you talk to people now about Bobby Brown, like, oh, he's a joke. Back, nobody was hotter than Bobby Man. Brown for like a Nobody, a, Bobby Brown a, got a, a it. Four or five Bobby Brown. Yeah. Bobby Brown made a Ghostbusters song on, like, a number one record. You know? Like, only I him know. and Ray Parker Lewis could do that. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ray Parker, Lewis actually, uh, Ray Parker Lewis actually ended up losing all his money in a lawsuit. But, um, oh, man. Yeah, but, over that song. Yeah, Huey Lewis and the News sued him. Yeah, Huey Lewis and the News sued him for the same baseline. So whatever. But Bobby Brown was the king. And that was my guy. I watched every award show in the month. And before him, I watched him win four and more awards. You know, I don't know which award show it was. Could have been um, Soul Train, anything. He was up right the album of the year, you know. And I'm like, yeah, Bobby Brown's going to win this. Bobby Brown's going to win this. You know, he, he, I think he already won, like, two awards in the, in the night. <laughs> and they announced Babyface. They announced Babyface is the winner. I slipped out because I didn't, cause I didn't listen to Babyface. Baby Face. I wasn't a girl. And I didn't want to hear love songs. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I was, a, I, was, I was a 10, 11-year-old boy. I didn't want to listen to a guy singing love songs. That wasn't my thing. You I know? know. And then, like, and I never will forget like baby faces on stage, people are clapping. You know, he's a nice guy. He's a, you know, he's, he's a genius. You know, he's a great songwriter. Baby, right. You know? and, and he's on stage. He was young back then, and people knew his potential as a songwriter. And he's smiling. He's like, man, this is a, this is a long, hard road. You know, people don't understand the work you put into it. He goes, he goes, you know, my, my, my man right there, Bobby Brown. He goes, I'm talking about. They show Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown was like in shock that he was not on stage. His jaw was on the floor. <laughs> 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 like, what happened here? Like, I'm going to say, Bobby Brown, like, what? Bobby Brown, what you could tell, he, he just silenced out everybody. Joel was on the floor, and he was like, what is going on? And from that point on, I never really sent his baby face. Just because he sold that award from Bobby Brown. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> The plot unfolds every time you're, you're on this show. You can see why I'm just mentally just not there. Like, it just, and more and more of these stories come up, and it's like, yeah, that, that's why I don't like him, because he beat Bobby Brown. <sighs> I got issues. Well, man. that's a good reason. And also, he always used the exact same chords in all the music he sang <laughs> and in all the songs that he wrote for other people. The same little synthesized chords. <laughs> He wasn't trying to get out of his range. He knew where, he knew where his box was. You know, he was keeping it real. Keeping it real. Keeping it right in his range. Wasn't trying to do anything crazy. You know. Even though, like, I will say, like, I, I, I liked when Babyface, going back to Atlanta, actually, I liked it when he remixed Jazzabelle. They put him on the hook. Outcast put him on the hook, um, Jazzabelle. I, I thought that yeah. was clever. And he, was, and he had that, yeah. he had that, that one song for the Lover and Goop, but I, I liked the remix with Ghostface Killer because it was harder. And I was a puppy remix, and I'm a puppy guy. The puppy had a little harder yeah. remix for okay. the lover. I, I didn't like I didn't like the LL Cool J one because it was LL Cool J doing LL Cool J stuff, and it's like yeah, once again I'm not a girl, so it doesn't impress me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even it wears oh, on that's... us, G. You don't it it wears us out. Really? G, little stick. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean. Eventually, it got old. Like, we're tired of you, like, drinking and licking your lips and telling us how you want to love us better. Like, we're just tired of that now. I mean, we're sick of it. So, yeah. That's pretty much been his gimmick since he was, like, 15 years old, though. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. Eventually, you know it had to wear thin on everybody involved. And, you know, we just, we were done with it. I was. So, maybe I'm a different crazy chick. But, yeah, I was done with him. That, 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 that's why I got so pissed off when Cannabis and LL Cool J had that beef. And somehow Cannabis disappeared after because he went to 
fight in the wars. I was like, what happened? Like, how come Canada didn't just keep on going at El Cunze? <laughs> and El Cunze did, right. like, like, pounding his chest. I was like, come on, Chan. I, I thought cannabis was going to be that guy. They're like, shut up, El Cunze. And then, like, it didn't happen. El Cunze is still a millionaire. He's still on my TV. You know? <laughs> we can't get right. rid is of that, El like, Cunze. That's the thing I always wondered about, too. Like, is that some East Coast thing? Like, running around in New York where people like cannabis needs to just sit his tail down somewhere? Because otherwise, I was... <laughs> I would think that, you know, nah, he would have been able to was cheering on cannabis. Everybody was cheering on cannabis. Because you got to understand, you got to understand, like, when, when that was a mixtape for a while, and DJ Clue was dropping mixtape. And you yeah, put a DJ yeah. Clue mixtape or any and this say cannabis freestyle, you would spend your five or ten bucks because you want to hear what this guy was going to spit for two and a half minutes. Like, cannabis was the hottest thing out. Like, but then it came to fruition that he, had, he could spit rhymes, but he couldn't write a song. He, he didn't do strong song structure. He was terrible at it. Uh, you know, and you know, that's okay. why ultimately well, he go. couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll take a short break. Maybe we'll talk about sports. <laughs> Who knows? I have no idea. We'll talk about But me and Ross will be right back after this quick break. Hopefully I gave you the right number this time around, Ross. I think so. I think you got it. <laughs> All right, then. All right, I'll talk to you in a second. Love, love that song. I was singing around with it when you singing along as you were playing it. 
I, apparently, this is like going to be. I mean, apparently, the decision to do Paul Dano and John Cusack is like a big deal. Like mm-hmm. in the same, is a big deal in the movie world, and apparently, it worked to perfection. And that's the one thing yeah. that every single review I've seen about the movie has said. It's like you've just got to go and see this dual performance. Like it's pretty amazing. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, saying movies, and, movies and, and, that and where I really that. can learn something. Movies where I can hey, you really, know movies, movies where I can learn something bring me out like that. Yeah, it's it, it, it for me. It was like I think you appreciate it more if you're a fan because you kind of already know yeah. the backstory. You kind of know what's going into. If you're someone who doesn't really give a rip about the Beach Boys, then you're just sitting like this is just dumb grime. This is insane. I don't want to watch this. Like, that's the way you're gonna see it. You know, for me, I, yeah. I kind of knew the whole story, the backstory, and everything. And honestly, the like, um, I can't wait to see him. We're gonna go. This is actually gonna be the third time I see Brian Wilson. Um, I see him once at Jones Beach. I'm gonna see him again uh, at the end of this month. And I saw a tribute concert to him at Radio City Musical, um, where Billy Joel was there. A bunch of our, a whole bunch of us paying tribute to him, and he performed at the end. Oh I mean, wow! It's a shame That's though, because so cool. like, it's a shame because I always tell people Brian Wilson. It's like. It's like he got messed up mentally, just got messed up for a long period of his life, and he was just kind of hitting that genius stride, you know. And yeah. the industry kind of, she kind of shunned him for it, and it killed him, you know. It, 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 he already was a guy with kind of emotional problems, but once that happened, yeah. he kind of shut down. And it's a shame because we never see him capitalize on that momentum of his genius, and that's what I would say is the greatest. Like it's the greatest gift and failure I think in music is Brian Wilson because he gave us. Head sounds. He gave us the Beach Boys sound. He gave us a new way to produce records. That's the thing I always say. Yeah. Like production-wise, he his layer of sound, the wall of sound, it was for the production world. But we never really saw him progress with it. So that's my Brian Wilson spiel of the day. <laughs> but I did like the movie. Right. I did like the movie. I thought it was entertaining. Well, we might have to try to get out to see that because I, I'm totally with you on. I mean, something comes out and then literally you're standing at a red box. And you're like, hey, there it is. Didn't I just see this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's right exactly. there. It's the big featured item at the Redbox for a dollar, which is, you know, we were going to spend probably 50 buying popcorn exactly. and tickets just to exactly. go, you know. And I made a rule for a long time that I wouldn't see movies at night. Like, I had to take advantage oh, of the yep. the daytime discount. But then, you know, the first time we accidentally went at night, I'm like, there's not even really that. It's like a seriously $2 difference. <laughs> I mean, it's not even, yeah. they've managed to somehow creep those prices closer together. So now it's like, who cares? Maybe we'll see it at night. Maybe we'll see it in the day. It's it's, it's ridiculously expensive either way, but let, the movies say, are, you we, know, we it's went, pretty fun. Yeah, that, like, like, we went, we went to a movie theater in Bronxville. It's like five minutes from my house right now. And um, we went. And I, I knew, I knew we went on, what was it? We came on a Friday night. I was like, this is not going to be packed. And she goes, no, it's not. She goes, you're the only person that tries theory and wants to see this movie. She told me. So, like, <laughs> right. You know? So I was like, whatever, you know? So we get in, and it was like me, her, and maybe five, five, maybe six other couples in the whole theater, and that was it. So we're talking like not even 20 people in this theater, you know? And it was just, and I was just thinking to myself, how lonely is it to work here? <laughs> yeah, like, the theater was quiet. The shit, and like I, I remember know. seeing a guy, uh, some little high school kid was like at the theater. The kid who takes your tickets and tells you where to sit, you know. And for like, isn't that job kind of obsolete in this in this day and age? <laughs> we don't need exactly. that guy anymore. Like taking no, my ticket, ripping it, and, and he was standing right. Like, he was standing like three feet away from where I just paid my ticket. And, well, <laughs> no yeah, sense. like one of the theaters we go to here has got like. You'll walk in, and there's this ridiculously long line, right? And then maybe two steps to your left, there's a whole computerized system where you go and you swipe your card and it yep. gives you your ticket. Yep. And I'm like, who are these people that are standing in the line? Why are you doing this? Like, why are you not? But there's never anyone at that little computerized ticket dispenser, hardly any time. And we just walk straight up to that and we're in. It's like suppressing because, like, there's no know, need for that horrible. ticket guy. There's no need for that ticket guy whatsoever. <laughs> like, and I remember, I, I remember years ago, I forgot, I forgot what movie I saw with an ex girlfriend, right? And, and yeah. we went, we went, I forgot what movie we even saw. And there was a really
really nice old man behind the ticket thing, right? So I, I was like, come yeah. on, let's go take the ticket over here. And, and she was, come on, let's go over here, because there was a nice-looking old man. Like, he was like, hey, what's going on, kids? She was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever. So, so she went. She made, and he was like, you, you, you guys, you guys are, you, you're interested in, like, the, the, the frequent movie card that we have over here? She was, absolutely. I'm like, you want me to come here with her? <laughs> I was like, she's like, I couldn't tell her no. She her clothes by four months after we were in it. You know, but she she felt so oh, wow. the guy. She was like, he was, she was like, he was so adorable. He wasn't doing anything. It was just, I don't know what movie we saw. We only was there. It was a three o'clock in the afternoon. And, and you know why people don't go at night anymore? And uh, this is what I was saying to my girlfriend a recent time. I told her, I was like, I was like, because they used to be just for date night for kids. Kids can't afford this anymore. You know that, right, exactly. like, the, 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 like dinner in a movie. You get, you know, like that used to be the classic thing. Oh, go watch a movie. After the movie, you go to the diner, you go to the pizzeria, and boom, that, that goes your high school classic first date. You can't do that anymore. You know, because no. pizza, no, the you pizza can't first do it at first all. like $4 a slice. <laughs> and the movie dinner will cost you 45 35 bucks. Exactly. And going with that, like when you were younger, if you just so happened to be down like your last five bucks, you could go to a dollar theater. But now you don't have to do that yeah. because the same stuff that's at that dollar theater is smack dab on the big poster at the red box. I mean, it's just like a very <laughs> weird. <laughs> like a very, like we were trying to find um, Ex Machina, I think. Yeah. Which okay. somehow, I guess no one in Memphis, I mean, like that movie died in Memphis. Like it was here for two days. <laughs> And now you can't find it anywhere. So we're like, I'm searching through the theater. And I don't know which one, you know, I'm completely detached from which one is a dollar theater now. And then I roll up on one of the, you know, I'm looking at, we have an app where we can look at the movie listing. So I roll up in one of the selections and I'm looking and like, it's got like, I don't know, equalizer and (laughs) like ridiculously. And like, I don't know, Birdman. I'm like, wait, is this a dollar theater? Because... This stuff has been long gone, and this is like a red box, and there's all the same stuff. I mean, it's like completely, it's totally not, it's a ruse now. It's not at all. I mean, it's fun if you see a really good movie, but you're right. Like, the only stuff we go and see immediately now, I mean, probably the last movie we saw in a theater was some, um, one of those, I mean, one of the, I think we just saw the, not the Fantastic Four, the Avengers. We just Avengers? saw that. Okay, but, yeah. you know, so we'll go see that stuff. Which wasn't very good, actually, but we'll go see, we'll go see that stuff because it's fun. But I mean, yeah, you know we've probably funny? seen like, actually, six movies at home this week, <laughs> off from Red Bull. I actually, I'm actually really, I'm really into seeing. I really want to see the NWA movie, but I won't lie to you. I'm scared of walking through a theater with that movie showing because I feel like I'm gonna get shot. Like I'm not lying. Like, <laughs> like that's the kind I of know. movie that invites people to get shot at. Like, and I'm not exactly. I, I really want to see this movie because. Hey, you know, it's NWA, and, and I love the casting they did. And from the two trailers I saw, it looks it awesome. You know, but I am not going into a movie theater to watch that. I just, and, and you know what? That's because of you, America. I can't do it because of you. I just can't. Right, because America. Well, and that's, it's like a throwback to back in the day when we, you know, like anytime some black film, quote unquote, right, would come out, there would always be this media scare. Like, you know, there was a riot outside of Boys in the Hood. You know, something ridiculous. And the concern you're expressing like is like a throwback. It was like shoot us out like when people watching Soul Food and then people getting shot. It's like, this is getting cut. <laughs> I know. Well, and you know, thing, I, I live in Memphis, right? So we're standing around like, wait, what? People are shooting out. It's a movie about food, about soul food. Like there's greens. There's greens in the opening scene. What is there to fight about? So we're like, I don't get movie, it. I don't have, get it. Yeah, we don't get it. We have no idea. I mean, we don't see boys in the hood. We don't understand that culture at the time. You know, now there's gangs everywhere. But for the most part, it's like, nobody, who cares? There's no gangs here. We're just rolling in. Then we see something about some, <laughs> some much. big thing in L.A. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, it's funny how the rest of the world is like, yeah, it's crazy over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, 15 years later, the gangs are just everywhere. Like, they just developed out of nowhere because boys in the hood got it inspired them. Like, you know, whatever happened, happened. But you're right, though. I, I used to be like, I remember when Bloods and Crips first started coming to New York, right? And it was yeah. all twisted over here because the Bloods did everything wrong over here. It was like, it was really insane. But I remember I was in high yeah. school still. And, and there was a thing that if you were wearing red, and they did it all backwards. If you were wearing, wearing red in New York and you weren't part of the Bloods, the Bloods would slash you. Like, like that, oh, that's how twisted it was over here. Like, if you weren't right. like a gym blood and you were wearing their colors, you would get slashed. People were getting slashed on the train and whatnot. And I remember my oh, mom was my a God. nervous wreck. 
You know, my mom's yeah. like, because my, my mom knows that I was at New Yorker and I fell asleep on the train. As soon as I got on the train, I fell right to sleep. You know, she's like, yeah, yeah, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and me being who I am, I didn't care. Like, I it's just in things. If I had kids right now and I had to raise me, I think I'd just lock the kid in his bedroom because it's just like I was asking for it. Like, I would go out wearing my red do-rag, my red bandana, sleeping on the train, like, but it was the fact, like, because we didn't understand how serious gangs were. Like in LA, there's right, exactly. no joke. Over, you know, over here, they're still kind of like you've got your serious gangs in New York, but but down south, I think those gangs are a lot more vicious than they are up here. Oh yeah, down south, it's, it's gotten really bad. But one of my best friends mm-hmm. um, lives in New York, and he's like, yeah, we don't understand that. <laughs> like in New York, we have independent, <laughs> we have independent criminals. Like there's nobody. We're not really running around checking for other criminals. Like, we have independent criminals who will go and ruin your yeah. life on their own. Like, but all this, you know, this gang stuff, we're, they, you know, he's like, we're just getting used to it. But we still are mostly an independent thug, independent criminal type of town. No, but he's right. You, and, and you, know, we, and you don't even have real gangs. It's just neighborhood kids who will just kick someone's ass for each other or rob somebody <laughs> for each other. That's what you, you really have neighborhood kids. That's what you have. Like, yeah. South Yonkers over here, these kids are bad. Like, I, 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 I'm an adult, and I don't mess with these 16-year-old kids over here. South Yonkers, I'm an adult. <laughs> and I'm like, these kids are crazy. Because they, 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 they just lack any kind of morality or common sense. It's <laughs> right, exactly. It's dangerous out here. But down south, I know, because you know why? Because New Yorkers will watch Gangland for six hours straight and be scared to leave their home. That, that, I'm telling you, right. like a New Yorker, I'll watch Gangland. They'll be like, Alaska? Kansas? I'm like, you can't away <laughs> Right. Yeah, we have a lot of independent, crazy, you know, we got a lot of independent guys down here too, but there's definitely – an overwhelming sense of boredom with the youth. So, yeah, we've got, you know, and then we have a lot of, like, there's a lot, there's a big connection between Memphis and Chicago. So there's, you know, these people feel pretty strongly about their heritage from, if they have a family member that's a gangster disciple or something in Chicago. So it's, I mean, the culture here is pretty strong. Um, but, yeah, yeah we, Chicago, you know, we've got like every five too. minutes for something. Chicago is Yeah, Chicago's mine. a tough spot. It's, and that's a like, really, I don't, it's crazy I, because that's a beautiful spot, but it's so amazingly dangerous. Like, you could be 10 blocks yeah. over from something scary. I remember I was there last yeah. year for the 4th of July, and that same weekend, I think 70 people got shot. Or, I mean, it's something ridiculous. And I'm it's like, not, how can 70 not, people get shot, and I'm here in the town <laughs> where it's no, happening? It's, it's not safe at all. I, I had a friend, my friend Carla, she was a choreographer, and she lived out in Chicago for, I want to say, five, six years. You know, and she taught dance stuff all over the place. And, and I remember I was just busting her chops once. And I was like, cause I, I just finished watching Gangland. <laughs> so I was busting her chops. I was talking to her. And I was like, yo, you're, 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 you're up by Humboldt Park? She goes, don't joke about that. And this is a white girl, my friend Carla Karpowitz. Yeah. We used to go with Kelly Kapowski because yeah. she was the whitest white girl ever. <laughs> so, and she was like, don't joke about that. I was like, why? She was, and she said for like three months she had a, chore- she had a choreography class in, in, in Humboldt Park. She goes, let me tell you, she goes, I'll make the cab driver pick me up right, I'll wait at the door, wait for that cab to pull right up, and then go into, my, go into the cab. She goes, that place is no joke. She was like, I was oh, there for wow. my life. She goes, I was the only white person there. She goes, I was the only white person. Yeah, yeah. Even for my shuttling, she goes, from my shuffling from the cab to the front door, you're like, yo, show it in, yo, yo, yo. She's like, ah, you're screaming. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, it's like every other place because they're like, I always read because I, I, I like scaring myself before I go to bed. I like reading like, like the worst crime rates in America, and like the only oh. place in New York, the only place in New York that does, it's upstate New York because that's like a forgotten land, you know. Like, yeah. like a, we have places in upstate New York that are just like unruly, you know, and those yeah. places are bad. Yeah. But then you got, but then like, like Jersey has candy. South Kansas, and then from yeah, there exactly. you hit you hit, you hit Michigan, yeah. Chicago, you you hit Tennessee, you hit LA. Like then it starts spreading out. It's scary, man. Well, I got to say this before you know when that when the notice the casting notice came out for the NWA movie, like it was so uh, yep. you know because because I'm on these you know I'm on these casting network websites or whatever. So whenever something that comes out that slightly fits my description, right, I get notified in case I want my agency to submit me for it. But anyway, so when the casting came out for the NWA movie, it was like, 
we, I mean, basically, no dark-skinned girls. I mean, it should have said, no dark-skinned girls, only big butt supply. You need to really be beautiful and exotic-looking. You should have, wow. really, you need to be mixed with something. I mean, that's basically, like, that's how bad it was. And then I remember reading that and saying, someone's going to be in a lot of trouble if this, like, is made public. And literally, like, a week later, somebody made the casting notice public. I don't ever, I don't know if you remember that, but it was like they had a lot of no, backlash for, oh, my God. You'll have to, you'll need to look it up and see if you can Google it. There's probably still some stuff out there about how people were like, you know, this shows how black men still don't. I mean, there was all of this. We don't have any racial pride mm-hmm. here. Because it was probably one of the worst things. You know, you get stuff all the time. It's like, you know, the girl needs to be fit. She needs to be you know, this height, and she needs to be, you know, maybe mixed before, maybe lighter skin, fairer skin. But this thing was like, right, let's get right to it. No dark skin girls apply, please. You need to be, like, lighter than a paper wow. bag. <laughs> it was bad. Wow. And lo and behold, they got in a lot of trouble. Yeah, it was bad. So I can't, I, I want to see it just because I want to see, somehow that whole thing blew over. But I do want to see, like, who they ended up, like, the girl types of girls that are in this movie because they – they made it very clear they didn't want anything like darker than a certain shade, and she had to be like one of the baddest girls around. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what they came up with. <laughs> Man, that sounds good then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds like a good movie. You're not allowed to say oh. that. You're not allowed to say that. People are going to be oh, writing man. letters about your podcast like, gee, got some, you know, he's got some prejudice. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my! Send the email. I don't care. <laughs> Everybody has their preferences, all right? It's not a prejudice. It's just you know. I, not, you know, I always. It's a good thing I have a gift of gab, I guess, so to speak, because I always kind of like skew things so like so people can things my way, kind of. You know, and like I mean, whatever. Like it's it, it's not a secret that you know I'm Puerto Rican guy, and I really just I'm into white girls. That's why I've been into. Since I was about 19 years old, you know, I, I I dated and been with other girls, but like I'm really into white girls, like you know, it's just, you know. And I told people, I'm like, you can't control your preference. Like I can't force myself to be into someone who's not. Like I don't know what the hell. It's not racism. It's just like I, that's what I'm attracted to. You know, what it is? when I was younger, I had this huge thing about black women. It was the funniest thing though, because like black girls want. You know what it was? Because black girls wanted nothing to do with me because I was ugly back then. Like, well, I, I want to like, know what? what now. See, now we need like a whole hour to discuss like how you made the transition. I need more information about that. Yeah, my, you know what? We are gonna need, I, we're, 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 we're gonna need, we're gonna need a lot more than the eight minutes left. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep that on deck for the topic for when you're back on. Keep that on deck because that's an interesting story. Yeah, oh, I can't wait. I'm very excited, and then I get to share my views oh, on oh, it. Oh, all I will say is that. All your sisters out there, you've had a chance with a heart throb, and you, you messed up. You messed up. <laughs> you dropped the ball. Because I was really into black girls for a long time. But, you know, oh, that's it. They, weren't in, they weren't into me, so I don't know what to tell them about that. You know. But um, we do have, we do have like, five minutes, six minutes left. I know. So I guess we should, talk about the, we should talk about the NBA Finals that I haven't watched any of. So, um, I don't know. That the Cavs are up 2-1. It's the best player in the league, LeBron James, pretty much flexing his muscle against the guy who I said should have won MVP in the league, Steph Curry. But um, what, what are you making of this series so far? Well, I may, like you, I may be joining you on the sidelines of this one, too. I mean, I, I'm kind of over it now. <laughs> so I may yeah. have watched the last one last night, but, I mean, basically, and you probably heard this, even though you're not watching the games. I mean, you probably heard a lot of people talking about how, Oh, yeah, I, I listen to the radio really, the podcast and stuff, yeah. Yeah, you, well, you've probably heard people specifically saying how there's, like, Cleveland took the Memphis game plan that, you know, how we were very physical with the Warriors and we were able to have that success, mm-hmm. which got us to 2-1. The um, problem with Memphis is they didn't stick to the plan, right? And then they were banged up, and then they don't have outside shooters. So, you know, Steve Kerr was like, okay, well, you guys – are going to be physical with us down low, then we'll just we just won't guard Tony Allen, and we'll we'll double down down low, and then that will change the game plan, and it really did. The problem that you know the problem that the Warriors are going to have with Cleveland is they got guys who can make outside shots. Plus, they have LeBron James, which Memphis does not have, right? But the other <laughs> thing is, 
which is a, which is a big deal. I mean, you Sorry. don't have LeBron James. <laughs> like, 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 all right, well, all the people, yeah, he's not LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's not LeBron James. Sorry, but um, but the thing is, people are acting like the thing is oh, like, and I, you know, this is why I say I may be done with it because the LeBron James obsession is like hitting an all time high. And yeah. I feel bad because, like, when I hear people, like, completely gushing over the guy, then I want I feel like it's my responsibility to bring them back down to earth. And then I feel like I'm hating <laughs> on him when he really is. <laughs> he's really yeah, doing I, I something totally really cool you. right now. I totally feel you. I mean, he's doing that. something you know, really I, I, cool. I never, I never hated LeBron James or, or like LeBron. I just, I, I, I think he's great. You know, I think he's top. I, I, I kind of think already he's a top three player of all time. Just what he could do on the court, it's amazing. You know, like there's no, there's no denying what the guy could do. I actually liked him more, I think, when he was in Miami. You know, because I, I, I yeah. I'm not into why I hated him going. I just hate, I hate the city of Cleveland. So him going back to yeah. Cleveland just kind of got me all upset because I'm like, this city does not deserve a championship in any sport ever. They're terrible. You know, you know, and and yeah, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm gonna, what gets me is their fans are terrible too. You know, because the fans yeah. for the four years he was gone. Now it's like the second coming with this guy. And and it's, you're right though. It's like when you when you see people putting him up, you're like, ah, I feel like I gotta knock him down. But then when people knocking him down, you're like, ah, come on, stop it. LeBron is yeah, in a weird spot. He's in a weird spot. He can't do any right. He can't do any wrong, but he's undeniably the best player we've seen since Kobe in his prime. You know, I mean, that's what it is. I agree, 100%. But, the th- but people are acting like it's over. It's not over. Steph is, you know, and I just read a piece today about how, you know, let's not forget how Steph disappeared when, you know, he was playing at Davidson and they had a chance to go to the Final Four and he went like 5 for 24 in that game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so he do, he does he has a disappearing act problem. I didn't know he had this problem. I didn't remember that he had this problem. But that was one game. You know, he's got several because the thing's not over, and he hasn't he hasn't shot well. And last night he wasn't really aggressive until the end. So, and I'm hearing all this talk about the Cavs defense. And my thing is they're playing solid defense. But if the Warriors start hit start hitting shots, then we're right back where we're used to being with them. So let's give it a chance. But I don't but, know but if I, I can get, get a chance, G. I might be done with it. <laughs> kind of like what I don't in get the is that like, like everybody's so hard on LeBron James, and nobody says anything about about like uh, what's his name, Draymond Green, pretty much not doing anything, and he's fine. Oh, he's been a disappearing act. You know, he hasn't done anything in these finals. And, and Steph Curry, like he's never been punched in the mouth before, like that, like. Being punched in the mouth and coming back from it, it is what makes the, those legendary – it's what makes the Jordan, Kobe's, and LeBron. You know, we, we see yeah. LeBron get punched in the mouth and he comes back. Steph Curry, for the first time, he's like, whoa, like, like what do we do against this guy, LeBron? Like, I don't – no one has an answer for him. You know, and, 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 I know. People are, uh, and, and people are just pissing away the fact that LeBron's playing with three players the Knicks didn't even want anymore. Like, do people understand this? Like, exactly. He's with three players the New York Knicks gave away because the New York Knicks like, no, we can do better than these guys. And we're going to one of the worst teams in the NBA. You know, so, I mean, right. for me, it's like, well, for me, it's like I am, a, I am a Jordan guy and I am a Kobe guy, a former LeBron guy. So, I don't like giving him that love, but I do appreciate what he brings to the game, though. Exactly. I'm right there with you. I'm definitely, I, you know, I really was hating on um, Jordan for a long time. I mean, I, I knew I was hating. I knew I was watching, you know, something once in a lifetime, but I knew that I was hate. I just felt compelled to hate on it. Um, Kobe, I gave up the ghost. I couldn't do it. I mean, I, so I'm right there with you on, on Jordan and Kobe. <laughs> I mean, I, I know, you know, it's just like, get over yourself. LeBron, I'm not even yeah. trying to hate, but it's like people, you know, it's like the people that are they giving him so credit much. for the fact that, yeah, they love him so much. Like, calm down. Like, calm down. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's not to, he's, he's got some cast off from, from the Knicks, but you let these people tell it. It's like, you know, it's like they're playing your your son's junior high. You know, it's not that they're not junior high players. They're professional basketball players that should be able to play off of the best player in the planet. So, I don't know. I think if Steph gets on, we'll probably have a series, but we'll see if he can withstand the punch in the mouth, as you say. Like I said, you know, they were able to adjust for Memphis, but the dynamics for Cleveland are a little different. And they got, you know, they do have to guard J.R. Smith because he's streaky, so they can't just play off of him. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, which is what they could do in Memphis. 
So we'll see what happens. But they're not, you know, they're not going to stop Steph for the rest of this stretch. So if he gets on, then we'll be looking at a completely different series, I think. Yeah, you know, and, and I think Kobe said, I, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said, like, like the Cleveland Cavaliers look like a team hungry to win a championship, while the Golden State Warriors look like a team that, 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 that they, they kind of know they'll have chances down the road. And Kobe's like, you got to go. And that's a horrible mentality. Right. That's a horrible mentality. Horrible mentality. Because like, I'll tell you what, I bet you Oklahoma City had that mentality too. And and, and, and who knows what's happening in Oklahoma City there with, with, uh, with the loss of Harden and then um, Kevin Durant getting hurt. You know, I mean, Oklahoma City probably thought the same thing two or three years ago. Like, hey, you know what? This is ours. We got, and they're realizing it's a hard struggle, especially coming out the Western Conference. You know, for LeBron, he's got to exactly. play in the East his whole life. <laughs> go to yeah, NBA exactly. By default every year, you know. I mean, but that's right. Yeah, but that was hard. But um, <laughs> right. you I, around, whatever. You yeah. Your like, like, play in the West, LeBron. If Jordan was here, Jordan would have played in the West. <laughs> <laughs> I know. To my Jordan would have challenged himself. <laughs> the LeBron stats are like ridiculous. Like first player to ever eat popcorn two hours before the game and then come out and miss three shots <laughs> off the rip and then hit forty. It's like. Don't make up a re. I can love him without yeah, you. Like, I hate it. I hate it. Riding hate his it. Like, like I don't need you to make a make up reasons. I can love what I see. <laughs> you don't have to go over like, it. Somebody, somebody will, will make will just find go in the record books. Like LeBron James won the sixth person NBA Finals history to have thirty two points, eight rebounds, and nine assists in one game. Oh my God, who does that? Who looks up these stats? Like why do you waste your time and your life to do this? Exactly. To prove a point. You know, like exactly. Whatever. But um, that's the end of the show, man. This this is awesome. We don't even need to talk sports, Ross. This is just, I don't even know we were talking about music for thirty minutes and movies and gangs. I mean, just <laughs> 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 this is what happens uh, when I get you on the show. That's why I love having you on. It's like it's just like I'm chilling. I'm not really working right now, you know. So whatever. Well, good. But uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, though. I mean, hey. Yeah, you're, much appreciated. And you're, a lot, and you're a lot smarter than me, too, so it works out. I just throw stuff out. You just oh, talk. I mean, it's easy for me. Easy for me, man. Easy work. Um, well, I'm going to send you my proposed you rundown. I'm going to send you my proposed what? rundown for the next show, which needs to include why you're done with black girls. But anyway, you can find me on Twitter at <laughs> r underscore trinity. Twitter and Instagram, r underscore trinity. And you can find me on Facebook at Rosalind Ross. Thanks, G. I love coming on and chatting it up with you. No doubt. I'll hit you up soon, man. Talk. Talk soon. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and the dot-com website, G-C-L-E-O, G-E-S-E-L-E-L-I-O. Let's go Blackhawks, even this series up at 2-2. Mail witness.
Jackie dear, bring your sister over here Let her dance with me just for the hell of it If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.